Dun, 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 dun. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It is Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we're at your place for the unfiltered conversations with myself, Christopher Roush, and... Scott Goyeth. You got it right. There you go. Kind Scott of. If you, if you went all the way around the world, you would have come back to me. All the way around the world. All the way around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2022 and the unfiltered experience where we have guests and we have solo shows where we're designed to get you guys to move your perspective, shift your opportunities and faith and belief about yourself and what it is that you could truly accomplish and how you get it so you can shift your mindset to have it work for you rather than against you. We appreciate you guys being here, whether you're live or on the replay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, what's up, Scott? It's been a minute since we've had a chance to talk. How are you? How are your holidays and everything? <laughs> Man, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of people in one house and, you know, you're dealing with everyone's different personalities, enjoying each other. But uh, it's there's no mental breaks. And um, we might even be talking about that today. Sometimes you just need a mental break, you know, a mental break. You need a yeah. Kit Kat bar, man. You need a Kit Kat bar right? or a Snickers bar. Snickers bar. Or break me off a piece. What any of that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Break me off a piece. I used to say that to the girls I dated. Break me off a piece. <laughs> Kit Kat bar. Well, Is that what they're like calling that. it in Southern California? What did I used to say? I used to say, shake it, but don't break it. But if you break it, I want a piece. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was before I was before I was married, ladies and gentlemen. We got Randy in the house. What's up, Randy? Got Randy in the house. We got The Way. What's up, gentlemen? Thank you for being here. The Way. I'm not sure. The Way. Welcome to the show. Brand like new. It. We got Angel in the house. She's our she's our uh, our, our Facebook user. Yeah, she's, she's a Facebook, Facebook user. user. But we and then we got... Is. We got we got the other French Canadian guy, Jean Guy Poirier. He was What's on up? the uh, Ron and Scripted show this week, so thank you for being here, Jean Guy. We're definitely going to be having a great conversation. So you had a good time with the holidays, but it was just a little bit challenging, huh? Yeah, no, it was a good time. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to set up our guest. I was just trying to leave past, <laughs> just, just trying to make it good. But uh, but but honestly though, like you know, when there's people in your house for 11 days, anytime you know you shift from what's your current situation to something new, whether intentional or unintentional there's a response and in that response comes emotion, comes stress, whether it's good or bad. And so like things are going on right now, you know, between like COVID and we've got to do things differently and work from home, all those things bring stress to us and how we manage that is up to us. And this was a micro, you know, for 11 days of what we're all going on to collectively with the world right now. So. Hell yeah. But, and so what about you did, uh, I mean, having a little kid is the biggest thing right now, of course, uh, Dude, uh, Christmas. What was his face when, like, what were some of the moments? He was rad. He was so rad. We we just took it easy. It was just me, my wife and myself. It was just me, uh, Barb and Jackson. We didn't go see the extended family over in Long Beach. Didn't go to Chicago, obviously. So it was just chill. It was awesome. I mean, he came and uh, we let him sleep in the bed uh, that night because we. He was like, "I'm gonna get up and, and see uh, Santa get the cookies and everything." We were like, "No," and he always likes to sleep in our bed. So like, "You want to sleep in our bed?" I'm like, "Yeah." And he started, he, I woke up like 6.30 and I was sitting there just meditating and just thinking about stuff. And all of a sudden he woke up and he's like, oh, and I said, happy. I said, Merry Christmas, buddy. He's like, oh, Santa came. He's like, let's go. Let's go. He's waking mom up. And he's like, we go downstairs and we are like, fucking, I'm like, I'm awake, but she's groggy eyed. But yeah. just, yeah, he, just the presence and everything. He was just like, the only thing I would say is that he was like, he was like, okay. And then he was like, what, is there any more? Is there any more? And I'm like, dude, yeah. dude, you got a lot of stuff. I mean, geez, we had to make room for all of his new stuff, but no, he loves it. He's, he's stoked about it. But what's funny is he only wants to play with his toys when we play with them. Like he doesn't really want to play on his own. So he's like, come on, play pirate. 
pirates come on play a ghostbusters he's in a ghostbusters big time right now so it's it's cool it's 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 fun to see him illuminated and uh before we crush his de- dreams and tell him that uh santa doesn't exist <laughs> so now you know for next year what you got to do you got to buy toys that you like if you're going to be playing with them 50 percent of the time then you you got to make sure they're good toys yeah look like you got it. a guitar all right let's <laughs> start jamming start a band yeah, we actually got him little mini drums, but he only he hasn't even played them once. I played them more than he has, but uh, yeah, it's been amazing. So we're we're blessed. I mean, we had a great New Year's Eve. We just kicked it here at the house, did nothing over overly crazy, and just yeah, just enjoyed the moments. You know, like I like I talk about. Nice. But uh, we we got some other people in the house. We got our friend Roberts in the house. He says good evening, everybody. Right. Uh, we got Jacqueline Jacqueline Rose in the house. She says hello, Christopher Scott. May the force be with you tonight. The force is always with us, Jacqueline. Thank you so much for being here. You're awesome. And uh, yes, we got uh, we got some people in the house. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for being here. We always appreciate you guys spending your time with us. And tonight's going to be a very, very impactful show. So highly recommend you have something that you can take notes with. And uh, of course, as always, ask us questions and more importantly, ask our guest questions. This is an amazing opportunity for you guys to get answers on anything that's that's troubling you that might be sticking in your in your wicket for uh, 2022 that you want to overcome and rise above. So uh, we just appreciate you guys being here. Um, and without any further ado, we're going to welcome our guest tonight. His name is Jacques Equé, and he's going to be here talking about how we can rise above our challenges. What's up, brother Jacques? How are you? What's going on, gentlemen? How are you? Awesome, awesome, awesome. You're just fresh back from Jamaica, and you renewed your vows. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, well, I wanted to surprise my wife with something. Everything fell into place where our, our maid of honor and best man were on the trip. It was the same beach we got married in, so I, I popped the surprise, and, uh, and uh awesome. You know, she was excited about that. So, you know, it's, you know, those, it's the little things in life that, that mean the most, especially to our, our other halves, our significant others, I think. Yeah. I need to do a better job of that <laughs> surprising her and doing special things. We've been together for now 20 years and, you know, sometimes just, you know, you get a little complacent and whatnot. So we're going to be celebrating our 20 year anniversary together. We've been married for nice. 14. So I know she's doing something special for that. So I'm going to, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I, she won't watch the show, but I know she's doing something. Um, so I got to figure out what I'm going to do, but, uh, if you have any tips or advice, let me know. <laughs> maybe just, maybe we'll renew our vows too. There you go. If she watches the show, she's got her idea now. She's gonna say, "Look at this guest that you have on here. He's willing to renew his, you know, his vows with his wife." And you can't do that. I probably yeah, just threw you under the bus, dude. <laughs> well, she she never watches the show anyway. Sometimes okay. she watches it and surprises me, and she's like, "Oh, you said that about me," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, oh, wow, <laughs> yeah." We got Mary Kay in the house. She says, uh, "Lee says hi. He is doing fun dad stuff at the zoo with the kid kidlets." So we got we got proxy we got proxy people saying hello that's that's awesome we appreciate it so man I know you just got back from your trip and you had some airline challenges and getting back uh, all due to the recent uh, outbreak of Omicron and all that other good stuff one of the things I want to just start off in the conversation tonight and something we've done with our previous guests is just what have you learned about yourself and about others in society during the last two years of this craziness. Well, I will say one of the major things that a lot of people's true colors really come out during COVID. I've learned a lot about a lot of things that I didn't know about people. And, and I've had to let some, uh, some people go out of my life just because, uh, man, it, they weren't who, who I thought they were. It, it really, it, it turned into a me thing. This whole thing with COVID has turned into me. It's all about me, me, me. It's not a we society anymore. It's, well, why do I need to get vaccinated? I don't want to do it. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Well, you know, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for everybody else. You're doing it for your wife and your kids and, and I just think it's it's very unfortunate that it's become a selfish, not a selfless society that we live in nowadays. So what have you learned about yourself during this process? Because I know Scott and I have talked about this a lot and the things that we've learned and the things we've discovered about ourselves. What are some of those things about you? 
Well, I just look back, especially this past year, on on what I'm blessed with. You know, I, I don't look at the negative. I, I was blessed with two granddaughters within four months' time. So for me, uh, that was the ending of my year. So it was, um, I think, September and then, or not September, August and then December. And I was blessed with that. And, I, you know, I, I didn't look at things negatively. I went out and got vaccinated and I went and got my boosters, but that was to protect my family. That was to protect my wife and, and my grandchildren. And because I'm the head of my own organization, it looks very good in the public eye when the head of a nonprofit organization that's very prominent in the community is doing their diligence. And, and, I, and I don't try to preach to anybody. I mean, you, if you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you don't, you don't. I'm not here to do that. That's not what the show is about. Right. Um, but I just learned to uh, to do the best I can for my family and my loved ones is all I can do. Uh, that's really and it, that's that's the bottom line for anybody out there. Mm. Awesome. Have you had in, in some of the people you've had to wish well? This is a personal question, but have any of have any of them been family or relatives? No, but there were some close friends, and um, just because my beliefs were the same as theirs, it, you know, it turned into something derogatory. Like if you if you look at social media now, Facebook, Instagram, I don't care what you're on, and people just tear people apart. It's not even about like, wow, I don't agree with your views. It's like, wow, you know, you're in it. Can, can we swear on the show? Oh yeah. Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. That's good. But no, it's, it's just almost like, oh, you're an asshole and your family's, you know, this and your you know, son's a little pain in the ass. It just goes on above to a personal level where they're just attacking people for no reason. And it's just I, I don't understand it. I, I just I, I, I guess nobody understands this. No one truly understands COVID. I never thought that I would live through a pandemic and food shortages and, and all the things that we're living through now is it just blows my mind. And you're up in Canada, right? No, no, no. You're in Albany, New York. That's that's your buddy Jean Guy. Yeah, there. Jean Guy. Yeah. yeah, I know. I was, him. For some He's reason, I was like thinking that you were that. If you uh, look at my name, it looks like I am from Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he says looking well and rested, Jacques. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, I, I am after that plane trip, and it was alludes to what Scott was saying before about how we um, we get so stressed out. So real quick in this snippet, and I talked to Chris about this. So. Let me tell you, if you don't have to travel now, do not travel by air anywhere. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm telling you. So real you quick, listen, man, for the viewers out there. So this is how my day went. We were supposed to leave, get home on Wednesday. So our morning started out with an hour and a half in Montego Bay Airport, 90 degree heat, an hour and a half wait. They had 900 to 1,000 people in there with like four clerks. So everyone's hot. Everyone's heated. Everyone's got to wear a mask. Uh, we get up to the counter, finally get on the plane, 30 minute delay. Then another 30 minutes on the tarmac. Okay, so we now we're, God knows how, two hours behind. We get out uh, to, towards Baltimore. 20 minutes before we land, Southwest notifies my wife, hey, by the way, your connector's canceled. 20 minutes from the airport. So now our connector's canceled. So now I get there. My wife's distraught. Now we're trying to figure out what to do. We're with a group of 10 people. I just went ahead and got a motel room right there, shuttle service, yada, yada, yada. That worked out. Got up the next morning, got on the flight, and then sat another hour and 15 minutes on the tarmac the next day. So let me tell you, they canceled 1,800 flights that day across the board with all the airlines. So to all the, the viewers and listeners, if you have to travel, do not travel by air. It is terror. It's horrendous. It's a, and my stress level was, so that's why I was saying when Scott was saying, I was to that point where I was stressed out and had to bring myself back down. So my, you know, try to calm my wife down and calm myself down. But man, it was crazy. So, Jacques, here's a question um, based on exactly what you're saying, because, you know, whether it's airline travel, whether it's kids in school, one kid's got COVID, can we send the other ones? Like everyone's going through something big right now. And so you bring up a, a very interesting point. One of the things that Chris and I have preached for the last few years, you know, doing the show <clears throat> is the importance of realizing that everyone comes into your life to teach you a lesson. And so because of that, when someone's there to teach you a lesson, we should learn it. 
But here's a question for you. You're dealing with that friend gets COVID, you know, family members sick and all these things going on while these people are throwing all this negativity at you. You're a human being. At what point do you say, okay, I can't have that person in my life or I need to remove them as a friend because sure we have a lesson to learn, but are we required to learn all those lessons at one time? And I know that's a long loaded question, but I know that a lot of people are feeling that right now. So what's a good answer to that? When do you drop somebody? When do you remove somebody? How do you decompress in that? Well, you know, I think I agree with the point that you said there, that people come into our lives for a reason. I've always believed that, that everyone crosses our path for a reason. It's not our, our job to understand each and every time that happens. So I don't think that taking everything on at once is the correct answer. So I agree with you there. I don't think trying to take 15 different things on at one time, you sort of have to almost step back from the situation and almost put it in a classification, almost, you know, go by lead of importance. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Just, yeah. Prioritization just to go down and say, okay, take a step back. Okay. So I have Tom over here. He's got COVID. This is my, my cousin or whatever. My wife's distraught about travel. Uh, my son's got a, you know, a classmate that he's sick too. And the parents are all distraught asking for advice. Okay. Now we're going to step back. We're just using those three. Okay. So my wife comes first and foremost. Okay. I need to be there for my wife. How do we decompress that situation and still keep these people at bay? Hey, you know what, Tom, I know what you're saying. Just give me five minutes. I have something else I need to take care of and I'll be right back with you. So I think it's a matter of just, you know, as you said, prioritization and just being patient. I mean, patience is tough to learn. We all know that it's not, it's not easy to learn patience. I'm, I'm one of the most, my wife will tell you, if she was watching this, I used to be one of the most impatient people in the world. But then I just realized that I'm causing myself even more stress. And I, I'm just, I'm, I'm literally just beating myself down by letting all this other outside pressure get to me. And I can't let, the, I have to take care of me. And the, the, not in a selfish way, but you have to take care of the me first. Yes. If I don't take care of me mentally, especially mentally and emotionally, I can't take care of my wife, cousin Tom, and my son's classmate and her parents. So it's all has to be you first. It ha you have to prioritize yourself first. And then you can move outward across the other areas, if that makes any sense. Oh, that's absolutely. the world. We preach that all the time, but it's it's a weird thing to listen to because it sounds selfish when it's really the most selfless thing you can do to fill your own cup first. Because I think we all, I mean, even like what, what you guys do, especially when I watch a lot of Chris's things when he's on the road, you know, when he's roaming around, he's doing his talks. You know, for him to be able to do that, if he's not within his his own mind and he's sane, I don't want to say sane, sane might have been the right word, but but if, if, he, <laughs> if he's that's a stretch. That's a stretch. If he's if he's comfortable within himself, if everything is almost to a woo-saw level that he knows, okay, I'm relaxed, I'm good. Now I can focus on doing this video to impact so many other lives. And that's what I do in my live videos and my group sessions is I sit back and maybe do some meditation or to do yoga before I do a class and say, okay, I'm centered now. Now I'm relaxed. I can come out and now I can address all of these other issues with a calm and open mind. And that's I guess that's the best way to put it. What's your, what's your quickest go-to tool? You just mentioned meditation. Chris and I, you know, we're always talking about breath, quick meditations. Breath oh. works great. Meditation is great. Just, just to sit there and be able to close your eyes and block everything else out for, you know, it doesn't have to be two to three minutes. If you can just block. I know people are going to say, well, that's easier said than done. Not, not really. If you just sit there and close your eyes and just picture blank, just picture nothing. I mean, you could do any of these listeners now, watchers, the people that are watching could do this right now. And you can. And block out the outside noise. It's not, and, and like I said, meditation, breath work you mentioned is very good. Yoga, you know, if I'm doing a big class or something like a seminar or something, I'll do a half hour of yoga and I'll try to center myself that way. 
I mean, there are outlets. And the, the biggest problem with society, I think, is that people say, well, there's nothing out there. There's no help for me. Have we all heard that? There's no help. Oh, there's yeah, nowhere bullshit. for me to go. Bullshit. We could show you thousands of hotlines and people just such as ourselves and thousands of others that are willing to help. You need to make that step to say, I need support. I need somebody to help me. I have a problem. What can we do about this? How does somebody know when they need help? Because I see a lot of people who say, you know, me included, there's times where, you know, I'm getting crushed, but I'm like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be the guy who's in charge. I can't be hurt. Um, you know, and I know we talk about men a lot, but let's talk whether it's women, child or men. How does somebody know when to ask for help? What would you say to that? Um, well, I mean, it's it's for for me. I always open up with men. I know you're you're going across the board. I open up with men. Start with them. I, it's perfect. Okay, so I have my conscious men's group, and that's how we try to address that problem. So, I mean, if you know, if you find yourself getting um, angry, getting enraged at small things, if you start having you know, uh, mood swings automatically right off the bat. You already know that there's something eating at you. So you're sitting there and you're like, man, all of a sudden your wife may say, hey, we're having spaghetti for dinner. Well, I don't want any goddamn spaghetti yet. But, you know, but that's what that's what happens because oh, yeah. us as men, and Scott brought up a good point, us as men don't want to put our burden on our significant others or our kids. We feel like we have to be the protector and the provider and we have to be the strong one. Mm -hmm. Well, there are times that we need someone else to listen and we have to allow, and this is what I teach in my men's group is that we have to allow our significant others into our world. Yes. If your wife or your boyfriend or husband or whatever your, your, whatever you, whatever your situation is. And they say, wow, how was your day? Instead of saying, ah, I don't want to talk about it. No, let's talk about it. I do it with my wife. My wife asks me every, and this is God honest truth. Every single day I come home from work, she says, Hey honey, how was your day? And either I'll say, Hey, you know, I had a, had a lousy day. Or it was a great day. If it's a lousy day, she'll say, do you want to talk about it? Not right now. Okay. She leaves me alone. Maybe somewhere down the road, we'll sit back and revisit it. And I'll say, hey, you know, can we talk about earlier? And she'll listen and she'll say, do you want my advice? Or do you want me just to listen? Yeah. See, my wife's very understanding. That, we, we that have right there. I, I just want to hold, hold you for one second, Jacques. That right there. Mm -hmm. Say that one more time. Because that question right there, that comment, do you want my advice or do you want me to listen? can literally change relationships. Oh, yes. yeah. I don't know if I just in case people who are listening didn't fully get that. That is one of the best skill sets you can take, because especially as guys, you want to fix everything. We'll do mm -hmm. this. We'll do this. We'll do this. Sometimes someone just wants you to shut the fuck up and listen. Yeah. And so to ask the question, what do you want from me right now? And pause and get the answer. That's that's gold right there. Well, that's it the is. thing. I think everyone can be a speaker. We can all speak. You, I mean, Chris can talk about stuff. You can. We can speak on all kinds of topics. But what makes you a complete person is being a good listener. And that's being able to sit back and not say a word. Yep, that's so true. I learned that. I learned that when my girl, my ex-girlfriend bought me the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And I was like, what the fuck do I need to read this book? And it changed my perspective because to your point, Jock, I mean, exactly. Men want to fix things. Women just want us to listen. And my wife used to have that biggest complaint. She goes, I don't tell you anything anymore because you always want to fix it. I'm like, well, because I feel bad. And I feel, I feel like with everything that I do and the things I know, I know what I can do to help you. And she goes, but now, so we do that in our, in our house now, the same thing. I was like, well, do you want my advice or do you just want me to listen? And it, it's it's changed things around so massively. And I can imagine people are, are watching this and listening to this. Well, you guys are enlightened and you guys are this and you have men's group and you guys are speakers. Jacques, I want you to talk about your journey because I know part of your journey and I know that that will bring it all around to see the work that you've done to become the man that you are today. So share with us a little bit about your journey as well. Yeah, I can put it in a 
and a quick synopsis, I think. Well, you so no, you don't have to be quick. We got time. Yeah, I mean, the story is, uh, you know, it started at being bullied, obviously, as a child for a couple of years by two different um, two different individuals where I was physically and emotionally um, abused. I mean, stuffed in trash cans, chased home from school, physically beat mm-hmm. up. I mean, I would wait in school until these two, I could see them out the window and I would talk to anybody in that school to make my time longer to school to hopefully that they would, in some days they never, you know, they didn't do anything. Some days they chased me all the way home. Um, so it started with bullying. That was my, I guess my, um, first step on the, uh, down the mental health minefield is what I like to call it. Um, which led to down the road, um, my uh, drug addiction, which uh, was cocaine was my addiction and, um, 28 years clean from drugs. Yeah. Um, today. So, you know, as of this year, I'm 28 years clean, which is, Truly amazing. And that was only after looking at myself in the mirror one day after a three day bender of cocaine and booze and saying, and just, I didn't recognize myself. I, I, I didn't know who I was. And I, I went to my family and I said, listen, I, I need your help. Um, I'm going on a bad path. This is not me. I mean, this is a kid that was on the honor roll in school. I was an altar boy in church. I mean, I, I was that clean cut kid as a child. And then what monster I turned into for, you know, hanging around with the wrong people and hanging out with the wrong crowd and, and, and getting involved with that. Uh, so through my addiction, I lost my mother. She was 47 years old. I lost her um, uh, from breast cancers, which sort of spent me on a, a little form of mild PTSD or I went through some rage issues. I was destroying things, walls, door, anything I could punch holes in. I went through this stage of why my mom, why did it have to be her? Um, fast forward to my battle, which I still do every day with depression and then surviving multiple suicide attempts. So I've literally lived through the entire mental health minefield, uh, for, you know, so to speak, and turned it around to create my own nonprofit organization called 4S for Life, um, which does include an anti-bullying campaign, something I'm big on, which does include my conscious men's group, something I'm big on, has a domestic violence support group. And we were just recently trained on LGBTQ training for educators, our faculties, parents and children. So that's something else we're going to unleash into the uh, into the community as well. Dude. I love it. <clears throat> Mad respect. Mary Kay says, congratulations. Robert says, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, we had Margaret up here said uh, she wanted to comment earlier. She said, fill your own cup first. Love this. Absolutely. What do you attribute your success in that turnaround in that recovery? Was it the people that you were around? Was it that you had a big enough? Why was it? Was it religious? What was it that, that got you to get through those dark periods? I think it goes back to exactly what Scott said earlier. I knew that I needed help, but I reached out. And that's all I can say to anyone out there that is suffering. You know, it, don't be embarrassed. Okay, here's, here's, and I practiced this earlier because I knew I'd be on the show and I said, wow, <clears throat> I've said this to a lot of people. When they say that we have mental health deficiencies, that we, they always say that we're odd or we're different or we're weird. I like to tell people you're gifted. You were given a gift. You're unique. And that is, it's a gift of uniqueness. It has nothing to do with being different, odd, or weird. You are unique. So if you take that uniqueness and try to turn it into something, the person that you want to be, the person, the things that you want to have, the things, the person that you want to become, if you accept your uniqueness and accept it in that capacity, on that positive level, and don't worry about what everyone else has to think, you're unique, you're important, and you move forward with that, you can accomplish anything. That, that's just, that's my thought. I just, I created that. Like I came up with that concept. I don't know how long ago and people are like, wow, that's amazing. And I'm like, but it's not, it's very simple. It's you're unique. You're not, you're not, we're not weird. There's nothing, there's nothing odd about us. So I reached out, I said, I needed help. And for those out there that have ever dealt with uh, detox or recovery and sobriety, 
when you see in the movies, when you go through detox, it's about a thousand times worse because we didn't have the money to send myself to send me to a um, facility. I did it at my house, locked in my bedroom for my family with night sweats and night terrors. And let me tell you something, you don't ever want to live through that. That is one of the worst experiences and it is the most humbling experience that you'll ever go through in your life. Is detoxing off of drugs or detoxing yeah. off of cocaine? Yeah. I read a book about uh, a guy who detoxed off of heroin and did basically the same thing, locked himself Ooh. in basically in a bathtub for 10 days and describes the whole process. And I was just like, wow. There you wow, go. That's wow, it. Wow. Same, pretty much same concept, different drug, but same concept. So so look at this, um, because when, when you're using that word unique, I like that. And I also think that uniqueness is part of our, our process because here's the deal. Let's just say that somebody who's never been bullied starts an anti-bullying program and has no concept of what you're really feeling and starts saying, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. You got this, Jack. It's no big deal. You know, whatever. You're going to be like, what? But for you to go through that and go, I know exactly what you're feeling. You're feeling this and the kid's going, oh, my God. Or the man is going, yes, you just became the ultimate teacher by experience. I mean, that's why these things happen here on Earth is we, we go through those things and so for somebody who is struggling or being bullied or in a space where you're 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 not living the life that you want for whatever reason, that uniqueness is actually as crazy as it sounds, an opportunity that's going to make you powerful later. And it's a really hard thing to process. And what do you think about that? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And, I, you know, like you said, I, the thing I always preach is people ask me, you know, every once in a while, they say, well, what makes your organization better than, you know, than, than this one? And I said. It doesn't make me better. It makes me unique. And again, it goes back to unique. And they say, why? And I say, because you can go to school and get a four-year degree and an eight-year degree. And I credit all those people that went in and got psychology degrees and behavioral degrees. That's fine. But the bottom line is when you stand in front of a class and you're talking out of a book, hi, I'm Tom Smith, or if they say this, you say that, that doesn't get you anywhere. That's why it doesn't work for everybody. So if it was you, Scott, or you, Chris, and you had a problem, you came and talked to me, say yours was depression and yours might have been, hey, I tried to take my own life. And you came to me and I say, listen, I truly understand. And you you hear my story. That's when the light goes off. And you go, wow, this dude really resonates. He truly, truly understands. I can open up and confide in him. And there's mm -hmm. the beginning of your support system. It's all about, it's about connection. Human beings are put on this, on this earth to connect. And on every walk of life, I don't care what way, professional, intimate, it's about human connection and interaction. That is what humanity is all about. And That's trauma just, breaks that up. Trauma tra trauma yes. breaks the whole thing up. It breaks that chain. So you have to find your way back. Okay, so you have a death. Like, I lost my mom. We'll use that. Okay. So I unleashed. I went out and I drank and I did drugs and I smashed shit. I beat people. I mean, I was, I was a complete asshole, but I was enraged because my mother was in the choir. She was, a, she was an amazing, amazing woman. I mean, she, we had a great relationship. And, you know, I would always ask God, I, you know, I would say I went to Catholic church. I believed in God. And I'd always ask why, why her, why such a good person? Why at such a young age? And I just felt like I never got the answers. So I went, you know, I went through it. It takes trials and tribulations to get to anything. Everyone thinks that you start here and you get here. Well, you have to do all this in here to get here. You can't, it doesn't just go from here to here, you know, spiritual bypassing. Oh, yeah, we man. see it all the time. Damn. It's like, yeah. Hey, how do you get here? Like I see someone could say, wow, I see Chris. He's doing really good up here. And he started here. Well, you didn't hear about all Chris's shit in here to get here. Uh -huh. The 20 year overnight success. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we've all didn't see me now. cry myself to sleep. Right. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, they see us out here, like Scott said, you know, oh, you guys are good speakers and you have a men's group. together. Yeah. Well, we've all been through our line of shit. You know, to get here, we've all been Still here. Going That's why, exactly. That's mm -hmm. why we, it resonates with us and your 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 viewers and your listeners. Because 
here's the thing. It's three dudes talking about shit. It's not me and two women or Chris and two women. It's three guys. All right, Chris, we, we can all go as alpha males. I'm tattooed. He is. I mean, we're all that. We're that guy. But we're not Scott's afraid. tattooed too. He's got there one on go. his butt. Well, you know, you can... <laughs> I got all of my arms in my butt. <laughs> but I mean, that's the way people. So when we were talking about uh, partners and, and, and opening up the people, if you ask a woman what's the three most sexy attributes on a man are, and this is God's truth, looks is not in the top three. I'm going to be yep. honest with you. Sense of humor is in there. Yep. Vulnerability. And mm-hmm. if the ability to show emotions is the other is, is the other one, and they love that. And you, you know, women can agree or not. I don't know if you have any women on here now, but pe- women love a man yeah. that can open up and isn't afraid to cry, isn't afraid to say, "Hey, listen, I hurt." I, you know, us as men, we have dreams and aspirations and hopes, just like everybody else. So why should we have to conceal them? Because society says we have to have the alpha male complex, mm-hmm. and we got to be this big fucking four hundred pound dude in the gym. No, fuck you. Whoever made that up is an idiot. Seriously, dude. <laughs> Like I've taught, I've taught my sons to be affectionate. My grandson's affectionate. They come up, they give me kisses and hugs. My boys tell me they love me every time they get off the phone. I love you, dad. And that's cool. That for me as a man, that's cool. That's what makes you a real man. That type of stuff right there is what makes you a real man. Well, I mean, we only live to be like 40 at some point and people are running around with like battle axes just you know, <laughs> trying to stay alive. Well, so that's different. That, but I guess what happened was at some point being a Viking was the only way. And the minute that you were sitting there in, in, in connection and you didn't have like animals chasing you trying to kill you or the, or the braving the weather with no home, now we're actually in a civilized society. That's when we need to start being vulnerable. And hundreds of years went by where no one did it. Everyone just sat there and said, I'm Viking. I'm Thor. I kill. It's like, <laughs> dude, we're at the dinner table. Pass the That's potato, pretty good. bro. But it's stupid. And, and, yeah. and to the point, it's no one's fault. The, the fault is is now that we have all the information to do nothing about it now. Mm-hmm. Like it was no one's fault. I mean, listen, what did you when you're a kid and you're in high school, what are you supposed to be? Play three sports, get all the girls, never cry. Somebody punches you, punch them five times back. Like all the same shit. Like we're supposed to just guy. be just be like some tough guy. And 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 maybe you succeeded in it. But I can guarantee you come up at empty at some point because you're going, okay, that's it. There's a point in your life you're gonna come up empty and go. Oh, that's it. Okay, I'm tough. Oh, okay, I made money. Okay, I have the girl. It's like okay, and and that's not it. What it is is you already said the word a million times. It's connection. It's connection, and that's what we're be, all trying to get back to. Yeah, you got to be. You got to be connected. You got to be connected with yourself. I mean, Margaret says here uh, we aren't taught to allow feelings, and it's so true. I mean, if they taught emotional intelligence in the school instead of you know the uh, square root of an isosceles triangle or whatever, you know, the world would be in a much better place. And I love the fact that you brought up vulnerability because, I mean, that's so important. I do a men's group on Clubhouse every single week, and we talk about that, the power of vulnerability. What are your suggestions for people who have stereotypically been in that state of that alpha male and they're doing all this? What are some steps that they can do to get in touch with that that vulnerable side and also be able to deal with the flack that they're going to get from their mates, right? I remember I've had guys telling me like, oh, you can't, I wore a pink tie one time and they're like, oh, what a pussy, you're a fag, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I can wear a fucking pink tie. I can cry at the notebook and I can still fucking kick your ass. So I, I, had a, I had a mechanism for handling. I'm like, by the way, vulnerability is actually a sign of strength. And so we talk about that a lot on the show and we talk about it in our group coaching programs and whatnot. What are your thoughts on that for, for somebody who's listening tonight who, who, who recognizes that, that they want to go down that road, but they're so afraid of the, of the judgments and the, and the, the ridicule they're going to get from their, their, their friends and their family? Well, I think if you're truly in a relationship that has, you know, that has some substance to it, I think any man 
who opens up to their mate first off you start with your you know with your mate whatever that you know whoever that is and i think i think your mate will accept you for that i mean I, i'm not asking you to go up and ball on her shoulder day one just say hey honey you know I, i've been going through some things and uh, i'd like to like to sit down and talk i'm going to tell you right now there's not there's very few women that if their man came to them and said that would be like oh, fuck you and no, i'm not talking there may be a few but I don't think yeah. there's going to be many. I mean, if you can start there, and that's where you start building your confidence. Because if, if your wife or life partner accepts you for who you are, and, and that starts to, again, it's all about getting your guard down. So us, we're going to go into that with our guard up. Oh, my God. Like you just said, oh, my God. He's going to call me a fag. And this guy's going to call me a bitch. And I'm a pussy. And, you know, whatever. First off, don't give a shit what everyone else thinks. Bottom line is we got to knock that shit off, too. I don't care. What, you know what? And, and they could say, well, you know what? You know, Chris is this or Scott's. It doesn't matter. Stop worrying about we spend more time in our lives wasting what we think about other people's thoughts of us. You don't owe anybody anything. The only person you owe it to is the person that you're looking at in the mirror every day. You owe it to yourself. And if you're happy and content and you love yourself, it opens up your entire world. So come from within. Positivity is is brought up from within yourself. So go to your mate and talk to them. That's what I did with my wife. You know, hey, honey, you know, I'm having a real shitty day. Can we sit down and talk? And uh, you know what? Start with something small. It doesn't have to be, you don't, I'm not saying unload. I mean, if you had like 10 years of bad shit and you're just going to fucking <laughs> beat on her like Mike Tyson. No, that may not go over well, but I mean, start with little things. Hey, you know what? Today, you know, I, I had this thing with the boss and, you know, we got in this argument and I walked away and I punched a wall and I was pissed off. And, and, you know, you'll see her just sort of, you know, at least my wife. I mean, she, I, she was actually like, there was a crack of a smile. Like the first day we, I started talking to her about things and, and I could see that she was happy that I was opening up. And then we started to have some dialogue. And then we, and again, as long as they don't push most of and, and my recommendation to the other halves for these men, don't push back. As Scott says, listen, just listen, just let us come out and vent. Let us come out and get some things off our chest a little bit at a time. And you know what? It just, it, I think it made our relationship so much better. It made my, mine and my kids relationship so much better because I was, I was an angry dude. I mean, after my mom passed and moving on, uh, my wife could tell you horror stories. I mean, I'm I'm a retired fighter. I got in fights all the time. All you have to do is look at me wrong. And I'm not a dude that used to be. I wouldn't ask you like, hey, what are you looking at? I would just go up and smash dudes at the bar. I'm God honest. I would literally wow. just go up and punch people off bar stools. I had no problem. My wife got called home from work so many times to come get me from places. Oh, yeah, I was that dude. I turned into the guy that I didn't want to be. So I turned into the bully. And then I realized that that was not the answer. Because I was imposing my will on other people that necessarily didn't do me wrong. So I said, my wife said to me, this shit needs to stop. And that's exactly what she said to me. This needs to stop. Or, and you know what? Here I am now, 16, you know, 16 years with her. And guess what? It stopped. And I learned that, you know what? Being the asshole, being like Chris said, the tough guy and all shit. They're not impressed by that. They're more yeah. embarrassed by that than they are anything else. Because you look like an idiot when you do that shit. Seriously. And, and, and let's be clear about that. The right girl is not impressed with that. Because there, there is a girl or two out there in the world that we've all seen. You're, and you're for right. for some reason, you know, guys think, oh, but she's so pretty and why couldn't I be tougher? Whatever your thing is that you're addicted to that, you're just addicted to abuse with a girl like that. Anybody worth their grain of salt, to your point, is always going to want somebody who's going to be vulnerable because that's what creates true connection. And true connection is what we're missing, period. I mean, there's there's really nothing else to say there. You're on point. The minute two people connect deeply, that connection is going to turn into something that you don't need drugs. The anger can dissipate. You can work through your shit. I mean, it's huge. There, there's... What? You know, it's it's what not. I'm sorry, Scott. I mean, to cut no, you go off. ahead. So you know, and like you said, I think that you you know. I mean, we we're all probably about the same age. You all know when you have that relationship that has something. We've all been down that road when we were younger. 
you know, where you just want to, you know, just to fucking, you just go out and fucking bang girls and just say, fuck it. You know what? See, I don't need you. I don't need one night stands. We've all done it. Let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. And then, you know, and then when you, you find that woman and, and I'll tell you, there's two things that pointed out my now wife to me. Uh, and, and, and I knew it was, it was the right fit. So number one was when my father passed away in 2013, uh, my now wife had never met him. He was sick and, and everything else. And we had gone in, I went in to do a one-on-one with my dad and she came in with me. And he had had uh, one of his lungs removed. He had mesothelioma. So he had a tube in, couldn't talk, and he wanted his lips swabbed. She went over without even batting an eye, grabbed the cup with the cotton swab, went over and just started doing it. And my father just sort of looked. And, and, and I said, okay. You know, I said to my sister, who was the matriarch at the time, and I said, wow, that girl's got to be a keeper. I mean, you don't just find women that just, you know, hey, you know what? She's like, uh, she, you know, most women be like, yeah, you know, I'm not doing that shit, you know? And uh, the, other, the other thing was I was on, when I was doing my own podcast for 4S for Life, um, the producer was a friend of mine that knew both of us for about for our, the length of our relationship. And my audience wanted to see her come on and talk about the suicide attempts. And what they wanted to know was on the other side of it is her being the support system. How did she react to it? Right. So I went to my wife and I said, listen, the audience wants you to come on. And my wife's not as extroverted as me. And I didn't think she'd go for it. And she looked at me and she said, yeah, I'll come on. All right. I was impressed. And we had never talked about it. Just mind you, after the first attempt, we had never talked. We brushed it under the rug and we sort of, so I never got the answer to that question. So we're sitting there a few minutes into the, the podcast and uh, the producer, my friend Herb goes, uh, can, let me, let, can I ask Katrina a question? I said, absolutely. Go ahead. So we said, what made you stay? And I'm waiting as the audience is waiting because I've never heard this answer. And my wife looked at Herb and she looked at me and she said, and now mind you, the first attempt was about six months into our relationship. Now we only been dating six months. Wow. Six months. Um, I just was going through a lot of shit. And so she looked at him and looked at me and she said, because I saw something in him and I knew I couldn't live without him. And that is the only podcast I've ever cried on because it hit me so deep to the core that someone loved me that much that, you know, at that point when I, when I attempted to take my life, I, you know, I had no self-worth and to have a be- this beautiful woman sitting here that I've known for six months, literally just take my breath away with that one comment and to know that she, lo- that someone could love me that I didn't deserve that, but man, she just fucking just, just flattened me with that one, man. I was just like blown away. And, um, that's, what I, I just knew, right. I mean, how can you, I mean, that's as deep as you're going to get love, man. That's not. And just so you know, not to be the crust graphic, of a motherfucker. She loves. That um that first attempt was actually me trying to slip my own throat. So a very Ooh. aggressive, yeah. I was, she had to come out and Ooh. physically remove it from me. So I, I mean, a lot of Ooh. people, a lot of podcasts won't let me share that because of the graphic oh. nature of the. Because it is, it, it's a very um, a very violent way to end it. But uh, that's that was my choice at the time, and she um she came out and she had both hands on my hand, and instead of saying, when you're in that when you're in that spot, all you see is blackness. Um. And there's no tunnel. There's no peripherals. It's tunnel vision. And a lot of people will say, the world needs you. The world's a better place. You don't listen to any of that. Technically, for you, it's all bullshit. So what she said to me was, Nicholas, these are my sons. Nicholas needs you. Tyler needs you. So now she's bringing me back because she's making me focus not on the name or the words, but now now I have the vision. Now I see my sons. Wow, man, I can't leave them without a debt. She goes, I need you. It's Katrina. I love you. This is how she brought me out of it. it. Took her about eight to eight to nine minutes, but she was able to talk me down, and I commend her for that. I mean, she literally bolted on my deck where I was. She had no idea. I just went out, had a knife, sitting on the porch, and I'm ready. And here she comes, ripping out the door and right in my hand, and she started right in. I'm like, she wasn't even trained to do this shit. Like wow. what? 
So yeah, that's to me that is. I have the ultimate relationship as far as I'm concerned. I have the ultimate woman. I mean, she is, man, just amazing. You so do, that, man. You do that. That is that is an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's powerful. That's powerful stuff right there. Mary Kay says here from a female's perspective. Obviously, men, please tell us what you are feeling. I respect it. Yes, 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 absolutely. Um, Robert says here, my mother became the unity that kept the family together. Yes, Robert, thank you for being here. Uh, Deborah says here, uh, some people can't accept love. They push back. Um, what is your advice in that when people push back on love? Uh, I think people are scared of love and it could be something that, that, that you know, they've gone through. I mean, we don't know everyone's backstory when you meet somebody for the first time or, you know, you start dating or you start courting a girl. I mean, we don't know what they're. So I think the best thing is that if you want to, uh, maybe if you're too forward, some people are too forward, you know, maybe take that step back and, and not try to rush the moment. And I don't mean in a sexual or intimate way, just in any capacity, you know, maybe holding hands, maybe if they pull away. Okay. You know, it's all right. I'm, you know, I apologize. Hey, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't mean anything by that. And just try to feel them out because again, we don't know if they, maybe they suffered abuse. Maybe they, you know, uh, at any level, maybe they were abused as a child. Maybe one of their parents left home. Maybe they, I mean, there's so much that goes on with mental health. I mean, we're just scratching the surface with, you know, suicide and depression. I mean, you could be manic depressive. You could bipolar. I mean, we're not even crossing. There's so many different things that people could suffer from it. It's, you know, but rather than throw medication at it, which is what most doctors do nowadays, no offense, but you're not even a person anymore. You're a number and a dollar sign. Here, let me write you your Percocet. Let me write you this. Let me, uh -huh. Then you wonder why you have a fucking opiate addiction all over the United States. Well, that's why. Because we don't take the time to diagnose it because they're taboo topics and no one wants to talk about it. They brush it. Mm -hmm. No, it's not happening in my family. It's not happening in my community. Fuck you. It's happening in everyone's community and everyone knows someone is dealing with it. Bottom line. So true. You guys got to see. I don't know if you guys have seen the um, the docu series with uh, Michael Keaton about the opioid crisis. Yeah, I can watch that. Wow, that thing was powerful. That, watch was, that, one. that was that was off the hook, crazy. It was uncomfortable at spots. How truthful it was. Um, it was truly, it was truly uh, uh, crazy. John Gee says here, we all find our keeper. Not always the first time, but holding out for the one is key. My partner turned me around while I was headed down a tough road. Absolutely. Absolutely. Susan says here, thank you, Susan, for being here. Hello, mom. Uh, she says, this is an amazing show. Mary Kay saying uh, she's your angel, which you already, already realized that in what you're saying, Jacques, tonight, you know, and thinking about the vulnerability and thinking about, you know, getting in touch with ourselves and connection and seeking to understand what are your thoughts on your process for finding empathy and forgiveness for yourself in some of the transgressions that you've done and also for some of the people who have wronged you over your, the period of your life? Um. Well, it's tough. You know, a lot of times when I do um, events with the nonprofit organization, I, I do, I take on a lot of emotional baggage on top of what I have. People are like, man, I don't know how you do it. Sometimes I don't know how I do it. It's very tough to, to, uh, to take on. I mean, there's nights that I've literally sat in after an event and laid on my wife's lap and just cried and just, I, 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 because you just have to unload, like, you know, it goes way back to what Scott said earlier. You have to, you know, you have to, you know, mentally take care of yourself. Um, can you repeat the question? I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent. Being empathy and forgiveness for yourself and for others. Um, well, you know, people always ask me the, the age-old question, man, if you go back in time, would you ever change, you know, your life mm. and the way you did things? And when I say no, they look at me like I'm you know, like some kind of dipshit. And I'm like, and they go, Well, really? You know, you're addicted to drugs, you did this. Yeah, but you know what? Out of all of those negative tribulations. You know, I was able to build a nonprofit organization from scratch and rise above all of that to help so many people. And that's, you know, for me, that's where I get my for forgiveness for what I've done. I try to put that good karma out there saying, OK, I know I did a lot of bad shit, 
Um, and I hurt a lot of people in a lot of ways, emotionally, mentally, I mean, physically, but I'm hoping that this sort of evens out, you know, that playing field. And I feel bad. And I, I actually went on live video one day on Facebook and went on live in front of thousands of people and said to all the people that I've hurt in my life, I want to apologize to everybody as a group because I can't. And, and I literally did that. I just said, listen, I feel bad if I've hurt you in any way, then I'm sorry for what I've done. You know, whatever transgression that I did to you, then I apologize for that from the bottom of my heart. I will try to change my ways. Then it was well received because who else does that shit? You know, no one goes on and apologizes to the entire world. Um, you know, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't forgive myself for a couple things. I still have a hard time forgiving myself with my, my father, especially because we didn't have a great relationship on the end. And, um, he had remarried after my mother and I didn't like the new woman and, uh, to find out later that after my father had passed away, all the money that he had left his kids, she ended up taking for herself. So oh, that wow. just showed you her character, but, um, yeah, I, I just never got over it. I, I blame myself for not having that relationship with my father and I shouldn't, I mean, I could have reached out more of the son. I should have done my part. And, you know, my wife tells me, and my sister tells me, Hey, you know what? Your father had just as much a part to play in it, but I don't look at it that way. I beat myself. I, I'm my toughest, my own toughest critic. I mean, I beat myself up over shit like that. Um, you know, that same night I had to send my son in my youngest son to see his grandfather, you know, and I, I asked him, I said, Tyler, do you want to go in and see, you know, grandpa? by yourself or I can go in with you. And that was a hard decision because my, my son had never witnessed death before. And he said he wanted to go in and he did. And he came out and he walked up the hallway in the, in the hospital corridor. And then he broke down and see my son hurt. And then he could pass. I thought I did the wrong thing. And I beat myself up over that every day. And I shouldn't because he needed to see that, but I didn't want to see my son hurt like that. I, that, that I'm a very emotional person. And for me, family is, is everything. I would, I literally, I would murder people for my family. My family is everything to me. And from you hurt my sons, my grands, whatever, you know, it's just, <laughs> I just, I, I don't do well with it. I don't. Me and don't. Scott are in your family, right? No, but I'm just, I've, I've always been protective over my, I mean, and you know, it, that's just me. I've just everything and death. I have a hard time with, with death. I, I can't go to weeks. I can't, I just, I just can't, I just, I don't know what it is. It's just something, the finality or whatever it may be. It takes me some time to process that. I really have a hard time dealing with that. You need to connect with, uh, with my friend, Jock Brokus. I don't know if he's on here tonight. He was, he, I thought he, he was uh, on here. I haven't, I haven't seen him. Maybe not even wrong. Yeah. But, uh, the jock here, he was actually talking about with yesterday, we had a great conversation for like an hour and a half and he was talking about karmic balance. And I think that was, I think that's pretty interesting how you're, you're going back and you're, you're making amends for some of the things that you've done. That's what I, I truly believe in that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, no, thank you for sharing that because it's so important for us to have this honest conversation. Um, and Mary Kay says here, you know, it's up to us to shift the stigma of mental illness. Absolutely. Mary Kay, thank you. You're, you're a part of that as well. Um, appreciate that. Deborah says here, uh, no first, no firsthand, no first that you are that you are well without anyone else. You don't need anyone to complete you. The, then find someone equal in the vortex, res, res, resonating with the same vibration to share life with. Yes, absolutely, Deborah. Thank you for much. Thank you for being there. Um, Mary Kay says here. Uh, Sometimes I say I forgive myself for any decisions that I have made that do not reflect the person that I strive to be. Having compassion, absolutely. That's a great. That's a. Oh, that's a Margaret. I'm sorry, um, Margaret. Uh, Mary Kay says I'm trying. Uh, my signal may be at a dog whistle frequency. Kidding. I agree. Um, 
Absolutely. You know, it's, it's the, it's the power of forgiveness and that power of empathy to, to be able to realize that it's all part of the journey that we're going to have our highs and our lows you know, that we're going to go through. And it's important that we surround ourselves with the right people. That's why I surround myself with Scott, surround myself with you and all these beautiful people out here today. Um, because, you know, when we have those moments. It's, it's important for us to lean on other people. Chuck, here's a quick question for you. What's it going to take for you to forgive yourself for those last few things? Because you clearly identified that all the other stuff that you're, you're walking towards forgiveness with were teachable moments that allow you to be unique and then be an amazing teacher, an amazing human being, different than somebody who went to school for eight years to study psychology <laughs> because you're, you're real and you've been there. So what about those moments? Somebody's going through those moments right now. How do you turn that into forgiveness? Because, I mean, here's the reality. All right. We know we're spirits first, humans second, but it seems really weird because right now we're all talking as humans. There's me, mm -hmm. you and Chris sitting here. We see each other like if we were in a bar somewhere, be giving each other hugs, drinking beers, whatever. So it's hard to like think that, you know, your dad literally left, but he's still here. And then, you know, we could go down that road of another show about it. But what's it going to take for you to forgive yourself to realize that forgiveness is going to help heal your dad? Your dad, of course, wants you to be happy Oops. and healthy. We he just you. disappeared. Poof. Maybe the electric energy. The electric energy about the discussion. I was like, he's like, oh. I'm out of here. I don't want to talk about this stuff. Uh, I'm sure it'll be back. I actually had the situation happen the other day. Um, and he's back. There he is. I'm I back. I popped on. I don't know. I saw it and I got right back on. I heard your question, though, Scott. Um, I don't know. I, I think uh, I'm trying to remember what the sign was after my mother because I beat, you know, my mom was just tough and. I, I think I begrudge myself to, to hold that resentment in. I, I almost want to blame myself that they're not here. And I, I know I shouldn't do that. Um, so it's hard for me to say, I, I guess I'm waiting for some type of release, um, you know, for my dad, you know, to sort of release me from that guilt and I, you know, whatever form that may come. I mean, I'm sure it will come and maybe it has, and maybe I missed it, but I, uh, I went and saw, I had my first reading. Um, I didn't believe in any of that stuff like psychics and mediums, but I said, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot because you know, I really don't want to, you know, downgrade it if I've never, right. and I'll tell you the guy that I did it with blew me the fuck away. I'm going to tell you, he made me a believer that day. And, and the reason why is obviously we had never met before and we were going through this, this uh, 40 minute uh, reading or whatever. And he stops me uh, about half an hour into it. And he says, well, hold on a minute. I forgot what we were talking about. Might have been my mother. And he goes, why is Wind Beneath My Wings, the song Wind Beneath My Wings, coming you know, to me? I said, well, that's the song that I associate with my mother. And I always have. And the only person that knows that is my wife. So I'm sitting here in awe because that guy can't pick that song out of five billion songs and go, well, that's, that's the one. And then a butterfly, which is my mother, I symbolize my mother with, landed on the lawn. And I'm like, okay, dude, like, like you made me a believer, man. There's no way you could guess that. There's just, there's just no way he's got some kind of, so I knew my mother was there and my dad is a bird of prey. Um, not necessarily anything in particular, but I associate when I have a bad day and I see a hawk or a turkey vulture, I know it's my dad checking in. So I'm, I think I'm slowly coming, knowing that he's stopping in and maybe when I'm having a rough nice. day and he's saying dad, he's saying, Hey son, you know what? You're okay. Everything's good. And he'll take some time off, but he'll pop up when I need it. And I'm, and I'm slowly realizing that that's his way of releasing me and saying it's okay. Because that's what I said to him at the when he um, just before he passed. Um, when I did my one-on-one -on -one with him, and he went to mouth the words "I love you," uh, and he couldn't talk because of the tube. And I said, "Dad, we're all good." You know, and I wanted him to know. I said, "If you're waiting for that, if that's what you're holding on to," I said, "We are good. I love you. We're all good. I know what you're trying to say." So that you know, I, I think. He's trying to let me know that it, it's time to to let it go and it's okay that he's always going to be here. 
in you know whatever capacity that will always be watching over me and, and i think i'm slowly coming out of that funk to allow myself to forgive myself for anything that i think that i did or lack thereof sounds like we got three humans here <laughs> i think so <laughs> bunch of humans a bunch of humans just trying to figure this shit out that's a beautiful answer and you, you know what's you know what's awesome is you're just expressing the fact that the present moment is everything but at the same time the journey's ongoing ongoing i mean you you we're not perfect we're not going to forgive ourselves in every moment we're not going to forgive others forgive others in the moment the awareness that that's something that's going to be beneficial for us is step one it sounds like you're there so it's good chris what do you yeah, trying about? trying to get there yeah we all are we there's all no are. try dude there's no try i'm the no excuses coach dude um <laughs> Very true. There's, there's no try. You either do it or you don't. Deborah says here, thank you for being here. Deborah, she says, you got to live the, you got to live the people who go to the priest for advice. You got to, I think it's, you got to love the people who go to yeah. the priest for the advice. And he knows nothing about what you're experiencing. I had the same experience. I didn't, I was the same way as you, Jock. I was like, I don't believe in any of the stuff. And I had a couple of readings and I was blown away as well. And actually the reason why I did it was because my boss, who was a, who was a big non-believer, he came back to me after his brother died and he had somebody bought him a reading and he was like, he made sure he didn't have his credit card. He didn't have his name. He didn't have anything. And he said, that guy was able to tell me what my brother called me as a nickname. And he said he was floored, but then yeah. I was talking to Jock about this yesterday and, and we were talking about the difference between, you know, uh, was it mediums and clairvoyance and all these different things. So it was a pretty interesting conversation. You would, you would dig him. Um, he's actually, he's been on, he's been on this show before, right? He was just recently on the yeah, show. Yeah, a couple shows. Um, Marga says here, uh, allowing those signs is amazing. Yes, 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 absolutely. Um, tell us a little bit about, uh, the organization that you, uh, tell us about the nonprofit organization <laughs> and some of the people you serve. You talked about it briefly, but let us know also where, where people can get more information about that. We've already been talking for 53 minutes. It's amazing. Um, but tell us about the organizations because I know you're passionate about it and you're making an impact in the world and that's what this show is all about. So tell us about that. Well, first of all, let me say that you said 53 minutes of talking, but see, that proves to all the guys out there that you can sit there and have deeper conversations with other men. Yes. And that's the thing. We need to get past that because everything's got to be surface level with most men. It's got to be sports or how cute the waitress's ass is or I shot a 10-point buck. We don't ever get into that deep shit. Guys, don't be afraid to do that. We're doing it right here in front of you. There's three of us here doing that. Yes, yes. Excellent point. Um, no, the uh, so yeah, I created it 4S for Life, and what it stands for is the four S's stand for strength, struggle, sacrifice, and survival. And you can apply it to anything. Basically, you, you need to get through the first three to get to the, the underlying one, which there you go, 4S for Life. So the four S's to you know live your life. And 4S for Life is obviously my life story. It's built on what I've been through and, and where I have come. I call it my rising from the ashes story. So we do have support groups. They're free. Like we started in our communities where they're free to anybody and everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. You come in and just, you know, ask for help. You can message us, set up a, you know, a time. I do one-on-ones. We can do groups. Um, we can do seminars. We just opened a health and wellness program within one of the schools here that we're doing um, to give kids different outlets on how to um, combat mental health and how to combat, you know, dealing with, you know, not so much depression, but sadness through this COVID, you know, getting into martial arts classes and cooking classes and painting and just positive reinforcements on how to do those things, which has taken off immensely and, and more and more schools are reaching out. So we definitely have to start with our kids. Okay. It's all the parents out there that have those. We have to start with our kids. Um, and I'm what trying recommendations to do you have, what recommendations do you have for starting with kids? Well, here's the thing. I'm going to start what age. Uh, listen, it's never too early. Uh, I would say probably, I would say probably kindergarten age. I mean, you start, you know, getting out as they start getting out into the world, they start doing their, you know, not as far as 
positivity and reinforcement and hugging and kissing your children. You can do that anytime. Oh, if yeah. you instill that when they're younger and you start, you know, I don't care if they're boys or girls, you know, you go out and kiss them goodnight. My boys used to come, I used to kiss my dad goodnight every night. And you know what? It turned, and I think that helped with my, and my dad was 6'5, 290 pound steel worker, professional bodybuilder. I mean, he was your man's man, but you know what? It didn't stop him from loving his sons. And I think that has transcended into where we are now, you know, me and my boys. Um, but yeah, the organization, so we have a domestic violence support group. We have the anti-bullying campaign, which has become a buddy, not a bully. Um, we have the LGBTQ that. training that we just did. The conscious men's group, it's called hashtag man up, not shut up, which is basically open your, open your mouth. Don't shy away from who you are. And that's, this thing has gotten so many comments, dude. I've walked through like departments and I've had guys come up and they're like, dude, that's badass. So I know it's getting out there and people are noticing. So they, they get I it. Love it's it. starting to, it's starting to catch on. So the other thing I want to start is a hashtag campaign called take 15 a day. And what that means is it gets to Chris's point. Take 15 minutes a day with your children, okay? That's 105 mm -hmm. minutes a week. And that means putting all your devices down, putting no phone calls, no work, no nothing, okay? And it can be as simple as reading a book, taking a walk, having a discussion, whatever that 15 minutes has to do, focus on your child or children for 15 minutes. And you will find out after the first couple times, it's going to turn into 20 minutes and a half. By then, you're not even going to know. You're going to be sitting there having so much fun with your kids. It's going to be an hour. It's going to be an hour. You're going to forget all about the all the bullshit and the outside crap and the outside noise that we all... Because the example I give to people, and I think we've all done this, is picture a mother standing in the kitchen. We'll say texting. Okay, now little Bobby's standing off on the side. Mommy, mommy, hold on one second. I'll be with you. Just let me finish this. I'll be right with you. Okay, we've all done it. Nah, nah, nah. Now, you finish your text, lay the phone down, you go off in the other direction. You forgot all about little Bobby. Well, little Bobby's sitting there wondering why mommy doesn't love him anymore and why she's not listening. Mm -hmm. That's the first way. You just dropped the ball. You had a point right there, and you neglected that. So if we can get every parent out there to take 15 minutes a day with your kids, it will make a monstrous difference in the person that they will become. Ooh, I love Great. that. I love that. Any final questions for uh, Jacques, Mr. Scott, before we end it out? What do you want to say to the world? What do you want to say to men right now? If there's one quick sentence you can say to men, what do men need to do more? What do we need to do? How do we be a better man? You need to accept yourself as a complete human being. And if they said, well, hold on, what do you mean by that? That means that you have to understand that as a man, you have masculine and feminine energies. Amen. And most men don't even realize that. So if you can embrace yourself as an entire whole human being, your world will open up the possibilities you couldn't even fathom. And that goes back to your vulnerability and sharing with your, and, and it, it, it goes hand in hand. It's almost a positive snowball effect. Um, let me end it on this one. I'll say we can change the world. And it's as simple as negativity and positivity take the same amount of time to teach. But why do we lack in positivity? Because it takes effort and we are a lazy society. We don't want to put effort into it. Positivity comes from within. So you need to build it from within and exude that to others. I love, I love it. it. I love it. I love it. That is amazing. Where can people uh, get a hold of you in other places? Uh, I think you have some of the links. So forestforlife.com is our website. That's our, you can email us at forestforlifefoundation at google.com. We're on That's Facebook. Um, you can directly, listen, I will answer all messages. I mean, it may take me a little bit of time, but you can Jacques Equi on Facebook. You can definitely get a hold of me if you have any issues. I don't need to know who, where you're from, what your name is. If you have a problem, you want support, you want to just talk, you want me to listen, let's do it. Let's make 
your change happen today. Let's 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 reinforce who you are, get you to love yourself and move forward with that. Amen. Amen. Will you come back on the show again? Any listen, I love being out with you guys, man. And I, you know, uh, I want to thank all your guests, especially I love the women resonate, and that just reinforces. So when other men watches, they see that that women are chiming in. This is what our women want. They want us to be vulnerable. They want us to respect them enough to share with them what's going on in our world. So they said it. So thank you to all the women. I I, I saw the name Margaret and Mary and whoever oh, else yeah. was on there. Yeah, you guys are amazing. Thank you to all the all the people that chimed in. Uh, I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you, brother. You, keep shining your your light and uh, definitely know what we can do to support you as well. So keep us posted on that. Let us know where we can get those shirts. I want to wear one of those shirts. So definitely, definitely. Dude, listen, when we're off air, give me, I'll, I'll mail a couple out to you and we'll get you to start sporting them out there in Cali. I'll wear, I'll wear it right here on the I, show. I know. No, that's I wear the I'm same saying. shirt on the show for, for stylistic purposes, but I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll wear it. Yeah. yeah, you and Scott got to give me addresses. I can get them out. Man up, get, shut up. Get, yeah, not, yeah <laughs> man up, not shut up. I just wanted to say shut the fuck up, though. Well, we can, we can, we can, you can get those anywhere, though. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just I'm just a little bit more bold. All right, brother, we're going to place you backstage. Thank you for being here on The Unfiltered Experience. We're going to come back to you in just a sec. Don't go anywhere. Wow, Scott. First show of the year. What do you think? Happy New Year, Chris. It was good. Happy no, it's New Year. I mean, it, it was perfect because like we said, you know, you're coming off holidays. We're trying to figure out what's this whole COVID thing. You know, the airlines are in distress. It feels like there's always something that's, you know, filling us with more stress. And just just to realize that we are a complete human being. There's a part of masculine and feminine bottling stuff up, not processing, not being vulnerable is never going to get us to the place we need to be. So thanks, Jacques, for being here. That was super amazing. And I just want to echo that he's on point and be a whole human being for men and women, both yes. masculine and feminine. Yes, absolutely, brother. I couldn't agree more. We had a, a late arriver here. We had John Clark saying howdy. Uh, I think John had said uh, good chat, fellas. Thank you so much, John, for being here. Appreciate you. We're here every single week. By the way, guys, if you haven't been there, go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com. Uh, there it is right there on the screen, www.theunfilteredexperience.com. If you ever want to know what shows we have coming up, want to learn a little bit about more about us, uh, join the Facebook group. Of course, go hit up that link. We'd love to have you there. But we're here every single Friday, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you have a guest that you think would resonate with scott and myself with a subject that we would be good for your for the audience here please hit us up and let us know we'll send you a calendar and we'll have you guys on the on the show uh we just appreciate you guys being here every single week paul's in the house what's up paul good to see you brother he says great show oh. um so far we got the family in the house susan the says family. here thank you for this show and sharing all of this information absolutely susan um and just please guys if you got value out of the show share this out share this out not only just share it out but share it out with a few words and hey i just watched the show with chris and scott and jock and here's the here's the here are the valuable insights that I got from this. You know, a lot of people share this and we appreciate that, but just share a couple of words of what it is that you gained from this conversation. And more importantly, take this conversation and go have this with somebody else in your life. If you know there's a man in your life who could use some of this information, please, you know, turn them on to the show. Please let them know that uh, that there's other guys out there that are setting the example for being masculine yet being also vulnerable and and having those conversations and seeking to understand. Because for me, Scott, the thing that the that I, I always try to think out of the conversation, what do we get tonight? And and the thing I got tonight was, you know, personal responsibility, right? We have to take ownership from where, for where we are at in our life. We can't sit there and go, oh, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's the society's fault. I'm waiting for the government to do this. I'm waiting for this person to do it someday, someday. You have to be sitting where you're, where you guys are at right now and say, listen, I'm willing to take responsibility. I'm willing to get dirty. I'm willing to go through some tough shit in order to solve some of this stuff and, and, and process some of this stuff so that I can become the better person that I want to be on the other side. Like Jacques said tonight, you know, his past, I mean, when you think about that, he has done a tremendous 
tremendous amount of work on himself. He has a big enough why. He has a legacy. And now he's sitting there saying, okay, listen, I got a karmic balance to, to, to pay debt on. And he's going out there and taking all of the situations he's had in his life and making an improvement in the world. So each and every one of us can continue to do that. So we just appreciate you guys being here on the Unfiltered Experience. We're going to be back here uh, again next week. We got Ed we got Ed Barnes and Ed Barnes. I'm, I'm trying to see. Burns, Ed Burns, thank you so much for being here. Ed, uh, a new person to the show. Thank you very much for being here. Appreciate you guys. And uh, and again, we will see you guys here next Friday, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Unfiltered Experience. I'm Christopher Roush, and that is... Scott Goyette, man up or shut up. Go love man now. Up or shut up. Up scripted, all of it. Do it all. <laughs> Go out there and have a kick-ass weekend, guys. We love you, and we appreciate it. We'll see you here next week on the Unfiltered Experience.